What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the rotation. Happy Labor Day. That's Mike. I'm John. And this is the rotation with Mike and John. So, Mike, happy Labor Day. How is your weekend going so far? Yes, happy Labor Day to you and everybody out there. Um, having a great weekend so far. Uh, can say that I, you know, restarted my little side uh, second job with local high school, Fairport High School, doing sports and uh, the JV football and field hockey this weekend. It was a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of fun to be back out there. Just another little, you know, nugget of sports to add to my sports collection as we hit football season. But let's not forget baseball season is also going on. We're getting towards the playoffs. Yes, How's your weekend going? It's going great. It's going great. Watch it. Watch all day football yesterday. But like you said, I, it's still baseball season until I end of October into November. So yep. we still got another few months left of baseball, yep. which means you get more of the rotation with Mike and John. Before we get started with the Yankees talk, I wanted to just announce our affiliated partnership with Fans Idea. That's fansidea.com. They have great jerseys like the one behind me. And we can get you a Cinco Squad one. Just shoot us some messages in the comments or, yep. or DM us on our socials. We'll get you a Cinco Squad one with your favorite number and everything. But if you're looking to get a hockey jersey, baseball jersey, football jersey for the upcoming season, uh, your fantasy leagues, uh, sweatpants, sweatshirts, hats, whatever you need apparel-wise, mm -hmm. customized for your brand, go to Fans Idea. They're great, they're quick, and they're efficient. And you can get 10% off with Cinco Squad 10. That's Cinco Squad 10. Get 10% off of your order and enjoy your logo on a nice, authentic jersey. But, Mike, let's hop into our Yankees, this jolt of youth. Um, unfortunately, you and I talked about it this week. We let go Josh Donaldson, finally. But lost a key guy and a guy of Harrison Bader that you and I both like a lot. Yeah. But I think it was necessary in order to move towards the future. You can't keep holding down what you're doing. But what are your thoughts on the new young guys coming up? Yeah, I think it's been awesome to have the young guys up, in particular Jason Dominguez, Austin Wells. You know, you've been hearing so long about these guys in, in the last few years. And to your point, it's something you've said a few times this year has been, you know, how are you going to have – you don't really know if you have top prospects, really, if they're not up on the team. If these guys are such good prospects and it's going to be such good players, why aren't they up on the team, especially when the team – was struggling for most of the season. Well, now we're getting a glimpse of what that looks like. And so far, a couple games in against a very good team in the Houston Astros, it looks pretty good. I mean, Jason Dominguez went oppo taco on his first, not even just in his first at bat, on his first major league swing. Yes. He went opposite field for a two-run home run. Austin Wells got a hit in his first at bat. He's been a strong defensive catcher as well so far. I'm really excited. I hate to lose. I mean, you know, I hate to lose Harrison Bader. Because, yeah. you know, grew up a Yankee fan. The story's great. The energy he brought's great. But, yeah, I guess it's time for a change. They probably weren't bringing him back anyway, so why not let him go now and not prolong the process and bring up these prospects? I wish him the best of luck in Cincinnati, but I'm very excited to see what these guys bring because they seem to have brought energy, skill, and just, like you said, that youthful enthusiasm back to this ball club. Well, that's just it, right? Because, and not to mention – his first swing off last year's Cy Young winner, well, yes. Justin Verlander. Well, so he's well not, known. not not a guy that you shy away from on that in the first big league at bat, and right. the Yankees crushed him. 
And not only did Dominguez hit a home run, Judge, Stanton, uh, LeMayu got a home run. Like, they were all hitting on that night. I just am so excited. And in my head, I'm thinking, not that I was right the whole entire time because I'm not a, like a major league GM or anything, but it goes back to exactly what I was saying. You guys keep hyping up these young guys. Mm-hmm. And what happens if – so here's my thing, right? So what happens right. in – August, the first week of August, they were playing well at all, struggling going out of the all-star break. Mm-hmm. Why not make the move then when you were six games out of the out of wild card? Why wait until you're 12 games out to make this move is my my and I know I'm just hammering on the negative, right? But I'm I'm being honest. And this is the moves that I don't understand, right? Nothing was working. So you bring these young guys up. It's not like anything got better. Yeah, they played Detroit and they beat Detroit, but that's not really an accomplishment, right? They beat the series. But this was a true test. And these guys stepped up, and they've played well this series so far. Judge has got some resurgence. LeMayu's finally playing like his old self. You're starting to see the guys start to perform at the level that they're that you expect. Torres is getting at best. Stanton is getting hits. My biggest thing is why wait? What was the big wait for? And and I know what you're going to say to me. You're going to say because of the MLB clock and everything mm-hmm. like that. But according to you, a couple months ago, the MLB clock wouldn't have started if he start, came up in August, right? No. So what is September 1st? Or no, I'm, I'm sorry. No, it would have started. Well, it's, it's kind of disgraceful, 1st. in my opinion, to see that. Um not to mention, you know, the bullpen's been really weak. Ian Hamilton now just went on the 15-day DL. Greg Weiser comes back up. Um, I think that's the biggest crutch this this year, and it's been the biggest crutch over the last three to four years, is we have a shitty bullpen. Damn. <laughs> yeah. It's a shitty bullpen. And you can look at the stats and say, yeah, stats why. But in game situations, if you get out of a situation of you put yourself into where it's bases loaded and you get three straight outs, yeah, that's great and all, but like you got yourself into a shit situation. The right. bullpen's been shit, getting better, you know, but I don't trust anyone. Yeah, I said to you yesterday, Wandy Peralta came out the bullpen. I was like, shit, there goes the lead. They held a 5-4 lead for four innings, which was great. You haven't seen that this year very much. So these young guys are putting some resurgence into the lineup and are allowing – the older guys to kind of have some fun and have some like life to them. And it's exciting for next year because you, you can see the lineup almost forming as we, as we get into our last month of the season right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I mean, when, when we saw that first lineup of game one against Houston come out, it was, you know, the only, I said to you, the only thing I could see even changing potentially for a 2024, you know, five days out of six, six days out of seven lineup from that game was LeMahieu at first. And that's simply because Rizzo's got another year on the deal. So odds are if he's so long as he's healthy and ready to play, Rizzo's going to be the first baseman. So, but besides that, I mean, I can definitely see Peraza sticking at third. I think he's proven that he offensively and defensively can handle being, you know, in the lineup and playing third base. Because that was that's always the question, and we've talked before about if you're, especially if you're a young player, you should be prepared to play any position, a la Oswaldo Cabrera type mm-hmm. of situation. 
but the question was, okay, Peraza's never played third, like other than like maybe a, a day every, you know, four months. Is he going to be able to stick at third? And I think he can stick at third. Which my big my thing is, I think the lineup we saw on Friday night is going to be the lineup come next year, where you have Lemayu leading off, Judge Dominguez, Stanton fourth, Volpe, Wells, Pereira, Peraza, and Cabrera. That's going to be the starting lineup next year. I think they're going to deal Rizzo. They're going to deal Torres. And they're going to go get some bullpen guys for those two players. I see that in the offseason. Torres has been a great player. But you have to you have to sell him now if you're going to sell him. If you don't plan on re-signing him. Okay. Because he's playing a high level right now. And right now you want to – his market value is very high right now. So I don't see them re- returning uh, – Torres back. Um, I see them getting rid of Rizzo and, and going to try to get some bullpen relief, if not some draft picks for him, let him go to another team, play first. And I think DJ is going to be the starting first baseman next year. Peraz is going to be a starting third baseman. I do agree with that. Um, but I hmm. see that as – or Peraz being the starting second baseman, Cabrera, Cabrera being third hmm. or, or flip-flop. But – Right. I, the lineup on Friday night, and I said this to my dad, and I said this to a few other people, that will be the starting lineup next year, in my opinion, because I don't think they're going to keep Torres. Torres has been so up and down over the last last three to four years, has not been consistent, and he's having a great year, and there's no knock on him, but I just don't see the vision with him at second the rest of the time. And DJ at a healthy DJ and playing well, is ten times more valuable than than Anthony Rizzo, in my opinion. Way more valuable than Anthony Rizzo. He gets on base, he gets hits, he drives in runners. Rizzo, he either hits the long ball or strikes out. It's just it, and he's not quick. Well, he's a great first, first baseman, but he's not quick. He's not. He, well, you know, yeah, but you don't expect your first baseman to be quick. DJ's quick. Yeah, but DJ's not a natural first baseman. He is though. He plays been playing most of the time this year. That's because they've had other guys at the positions. DJ's a but, natural but, second baseman. Right, but he's been playing first base this year. I'm talking about now. You're talking about before. I'm talking about right now. Like right, right now, DJ right now, DJ's our first baseman. So right now, the lineup on Friday night, I will put money on it that that'll be the lineup we see opening day next year. I don't see I don't see them holding on to Torres. Unless they want to hold him on one more year because he did have a good year this year. He did have a solid year. I'm, there's nothing – I don't – I've been on the, the Gleyber Torres trade, uh, uh, train this whole time. Like, I've been, like, yeah. hyping him up over the course of the last few years. Like, it's nothing against him. It's just he's had so many streaky years. It's just not very – I'd rather have a young guy go in there. And he was a young guy, but I, I, you know, I just don't see it. I mean, he's only 26 years old, so he's got a lot of a lot of ceiling left. But I just see them going a different direction. And the Yankees historically have never really held on to their second baseman for a, a long period of time. That's true. I mean, Knobloch, Cano, Soriano, like I can go down the list of people. Like they don't hold on to those guys. It's either they don't value that. I don't know why it's that position only, but they don't value that position as much as they do a shortstop, first baseman, center, and right fielder. 
those are the four positions I feel like the Yankees are very solidified on right now. Obviously, you yeah. got Judge. Dominguez will probably be starting left, uh, starting center next year, and and Pereira uh, playing uh, left. Left, yeah. My thing is, if you can go get a bullpen guy, our bullpen sucks. I, I think I think they should just dump the entire bullpen, get rid of every single guy except Loazga, every single player, gone. See ya. Have a good have a good career. That's my opinion. Go dump the bullpen, get him out of here. Peralta sucks. Cole sucks. Uh, King is okay. Uh, Weiser is this this guy that has a moving slider that's amazing, but has only, in my opinion, pitched a handful of games that have been meaningful. That have been he's been okay in. Loisaga is the only guy in the bullpen I trust out of the bullpen right now. Garrett Cole is the only starter I trust. If you can go get someone for Nestor Cortez and go get someone that for Nestor Cortez, in my opinion, or Sevy. Well, Sevy's gone. I believe he's a free agent. And I don't think they're bringing him back. I don't think they're bringing him back either. They're tired of his shit, to be honest with you. I don't think it's they've up. been. Br- I don't think they've planned to bring him back for like two years. No, I mean he's been hurt so much and he hasn't been there, so he's gone. Yeah. I, look at this. Like you're you're holding on to the fact that like these players of their potential, but their potential hasn't been good enough the last four or five years. So you need to you need to, like we had this conversation earlier this week about Harrison Bader, and you were defending him, and I understand that, and I'm not saying he's a bad player, but nothing is working. And it goes back to what I keep saying over and over again. He can be a great player, but if it's not gelling with the team and it's not working with the team and something is not going well, you need to dump the dead weight. And even if they're a good player, they need to go. So you need to start – they need to start doing what the Mets did, and I hate to say that, but they need to do what the Mets did and start putting people on the chopping block. See ya, see ya, see ya. Start getting – trade them away, trade them away, trade them away, trade them away. Pull guys in. Bring up the youth. Like, that's that's what needs to happen because you keep doing the same freaking thing over and over again. It's it's not going to work. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I, there's there's a handful of guys that I wouldn't get rid of. Like, ne- I wouldn't get rid of Nestor. I mean, it's been one year that's been plagued with injury. Now, now next year, I understand, like, if this continues, he continues to be bad. But – I just I don't think one year where it's it hasn't been that he hasn't pitched well when he's pitched. It's just that he's dealt with injuries, just like everybody does at some point in their career. I I mean, and you're not going to ask Nestor to be your number one. You're going to ask Nestor to be your three or four at most at this point because you've signed Rodon to the big deal. You're expecting him to be the two. Sevy's gone. I I agree. Bring in. Uh, I would I would think about keeping King, only because there's been more flashes than most of what he can be. Like I think if you just put him in the right position and he's not a guy you're paying a shit ton of money. So it's not about the you, money at the end of the day. They don't give a shit about the money. They're 200 million over the salary cap over, over this luxury or a hundred million over the luxury tax anyway. So it's not about the money. I don't it's think about, it's about the money. I'm saying you, it's not dead weight like Stanton. That's difficult to cut. If you, if King doesn't work, you just get rid of him. Yeah, I guess. But I think it's I, – I don't know. I'm thinking of these guys. I'm thinking of players they can move because they're solidifying rosters. And if this is the roster for the rest of the season and they start playing at a high level, Rizzo and Torres may not have a job next year with the Yankees. I'm telling right. you. Don't be surprised in the offseason when you see a trade come through for a lot of bullpen guys or something like that. Package with some bullpen guys right now. Clay Holmes with Rizzo for 
you know, a few bullpen guys and a position player or two. Like, don't be surprised. The one guy they need to bring back, in my opinion, is IKF. Yes. He's been the spark plug all year, and I've been saying this for two years. He's been the guy. He deserved that contract. They need to bring him back. He's been everything. He's lived up to that contract and more. Um, if you're going to talk about money, he's not getting paid that much for what he's put delivering. And you asked him to switch positions. You know, I, t- I said day one he should have been the starting shortstop, but – yeah, let us know what you think in the comments of the of uh, the Yankees. I mean, they're playing well right now, but, you know, let's see what happens here for the rest of the month of September. But let's get into our first take of the week. If you don't, if you haven't tuned into the show before, we do five takes a week. Each of us do five takes, rattle off a minute or two about, about our takes and move on to the next one. So let us know in the comments what you think of our takes, our Yankees talk. Mike, what is your first take of the week? So my first take of the week was reaffirmed by what happened last night being Saturday night, which is that Ronald Acuna Jr. is is hands down by far the best player in baseball this season. And this comes after another great showing by him where he hit a 454-foot home run at 121 miles an hour, which is the fastest ball hit all season by anybody, homer or not. He is just, I, at least, I'm not going to call him the best player in baseball hands down overall because I think, you know, obviously guys like Shohei Otani and Aaron Judge and stuff like that, they have a case for overall long term. But I think he's definitely going to be in the top five for a long time, if not in the top three, even if not end up number one. But this season, looking at it in just this season, he has by far been the best. He has shown ability to do whatever he's asked of every facet of the game at an elite level. Now, is this the, is this the best he's going to do? Maybe, maybe not. We'll see, but he's just been the best player in the league this year. Yeah. That was my first take of the week too. So we could just jump right into the second one after, but um, yeah, I mean, I disagree with you that I don't, I think he is the best player in baseball hands down for years to come. I think he's better than Shohei. I think he's better than Aaron Judge. And here's why. Because he not only hits for average, he steals bases. He's a solid right fielder. Yes, he missed a whole season with an ACL injury, but he's very rarely hurt, and he mm-hmm. plays through injury. Mm-hmm. He And that's not that's not a knock on Aaron Judge or Shohei. Like, they got – Shohei's overplayed, in my opinion. Right. Um, and he shouldn't be playing as much as, he, as the Angels are playing him right now. Um, he is the best player in baseball and he will be the, and he is going to be the best player in baseball for years to come. He's been the best player in baseball, in my opinion, over the last couple of years. And even though I, yeah. I'm an Aaron judge fan, sorry, but I think he's, you know, yes, hats off to Aaron judge. And, you know, I'm, I'm very happy. He's on the Yankees, very happy to resign. He's the pivotal part of the, of the movement forward for the Yankees. But I think Ronald Cunha is, just a tad better than him, and I, I hats off to him for him. And not to mention, he hit that home run at 121 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. He also he also broke the record this week for stolen bases in the season. So he got 60 stolen bases this year, this year already. So and it's not even the end of the season yet. So he's not done. So he may get to 70 stolen bases by the end of the year. He didn't break the record. He didn't break the record. No records for Ricky Henderson in 130. And what do you do? Because they were talking about him hitting. 60. He's the he, he's the first 
player to ever have 30 homers and 60 stolen bases in a year. Well, that's what I meant. That's what yeah. I meant. First yeah. player to do 30 home runs and 60 RBIs and or 60 stolen bases in uh, one season, which is it's incredible. I mean, you know, Ricky Anderson is is a, is a energizer bunny. He was just running all around the bases, but. <laughs> I agree. So, moving on to your, or do you want me to go with my second take? You know, you go ahead with your second, since I st- essentially stole your first take. So, <laughs> it looks like Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander are not the answer in Houston and Texas. Since being on those two teams, Texas and Houston have fallen behind in the AL West to second and third to the Seattle Mariners. Now, obviously, it's not just on one guy, but they have not pitched very well. As you can see from Verlander's performance the other night, I think he gave up three to four home runs against the Yankees, who normally you say, okay, it's the Yankees, but this year it's not very impressive with the Yankees. Right. right. Uh, just And now uh, Max Scherzer is going on the injured list um, as of today, uh, September 3rd here. So – him going on the injured list is not good for Texas either. And Texas has been in a slump and has dropped their best. So Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer are not the answer at this moment for these two teams as Seattle's has taken a one game lead over uh, Houston now. So yeah, Texas has now fallen into third place. Right. After holding first for, I think, at least three total months of the season. I mean, they're only a game out, but yeah, I mean, Seattle is a half a game up on Houston and a game and a half on, on Texas. Yeah. And I think Seattle at one point was like eight or nine games out of first. So like, no, it's been, we kind of mentioned it a little bit last week and it's only become more true in the last week. Yeah. You would think the two teams getting the top two pitchers on the market would get better but they've gotten worse. It's incredible. Like they haven't helped at all. They're both teams. Confidence seems down. I mean, and I, I, like I said, like I said, I think I mentioned it last week too. If you had told me two months ago, you had bet me money two months ago that Seattle would end up in first place in September. I would have laughed and easily taken that bet. I thought they were done in June because they just didn't seem to have anything going for them. Texas especially, but also Houston, were just rolling. So good on the Seattle Mariners, and maybe you should have hung on to some of those prospects you gave up, Texas and Houston, because they might end up being more beneficial for you. It looks like they're probably going to be more beneficial for you than uh, Verlander and Scherzer are going to be. Right, right. What is your second take of the week? So my second take of the week, talking about teams that, you know, have struggled and can't seem, in Houston's case, can't seem to buy good mojo right now. The Cincinnati Reds can't seem to find any amount of momentum every time they seem to be trending back up towards battling back into the wild card and towards, you know, catching the Brewers for the Central. Something happens, namely this week, that four pitchers now, four starting pitchers, have been di- have have tested positive for the the C virus that I don't think we could say because we they don't pe- <laughs> because pe- the platforms don't like it when you mention it. COVID. Yeah. That. <laughs> COVID. Uh, they got yeah, COVID. COVID. Yeah, they got COVID. 
<laughs> the C virus. You act like it's gonna come through a screen. <laughs> um. So yeah, they've had four starting pitchers this week test positive for that for for the COVID. So every time they seem to be getting good starts out of these guys, now they're getting sick. So the Cincinnati Reds can't buy good good uh, times right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Uh, it's kind of my second take of the. That's my second take or third take of the week, but we'll just. Okay. It's not not a little different though. Okay. But yeah, I mean, I mean they're only a half game out, right? The wild card. Um, mm-hmm. So for them to be only half a game with Miami, I mean they're not too much, right? So San Francisco and they're going to be fighting with San Francisco and Arizona right now. It looks like the Phillies mm-hmm. and the Cubs are playing pretty well, and they're going to stay there. But mm-hmm. I mean they're still seventy one and sixty eight, so I mean they're not a bad team right now. Uh, they're four and six in their last 10 lost one in their streak right now. So I, I don't know. I don't count them out right now. Um, but I, I don't see them as a, as hurt as you think they are. I mean, having that COVID, you know, test positive sucks, but you're only out for like three to five days anyways. That's true. I'm not counting them out either. I'm not like before where you're out two weeks and shit like that or a month. True. Now people are saying it's only three to five days and you're back to work. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not counting them out either. I'm just saying it's like, damn, like they're getting close. And now it's like, okay, this pitcher's sick and this pitcher's sick. And this like, hoping that they're, I think they're hoping that Hunter Renfro and Harrison Bader, you know, will give them a jolt in the outfield, which has been probably in a not very weak lineup, their weakest part of their lineup or most inconsistent part of their lineup has probably been their outfield. But yeah, I mean, we'll see if, if, all the bad stuff, you know, is over after this, and maybe they can make that push into the playoffs. So, so I know you said it's it's a little different. What's your third take? My third take is about Hunter Renfro and uh, Cincinnati Reds and and uh, Harrison Bader. Just Reds are making a push right now for the playoffs, adding Renf- Hunter Renfro and Harrison Bader. They're two key outfielders who can deliver hits. They're not going to hit the long ball for you. Um, they're not going to go out there and you know be power hitters. But you know what they're going to do? They're going to bring energy to the lineup. They're going to bring hits to the lineup. And they're just going to bring a whole nother persona uh, that this team is already surrounded by with Ellie De La Cruz, with Joey Votto, with all these guys on their team already. They're a young team. They have these two guys, I think, bring a jolt to the team and allow this team to, you know, perplex into the playoffs. I, I, I'm i I'm saying when I heard that Bader was going to go to the Reds, I said that was an amazing pickup for the Reds if they want to make a pit playoff push. Yeah. Um, I think so. he brings another another factor to the lineup. Hunter Renfro is is similar player to him. I, I almost put Hunter Renfro in like the kind of like Trey Turner. He's you know he's quick, but he can you know give you those hits and get on base for you and get the big guys to drive the ball in. So um, that's my third take of the week. What is your third take of the week? My third take of the week is staying in the central uh too little too late for the pittsburgh pirates that being that i believe they are on a five game winning streak as of this recording and yet unfortunately they had fallen off far enough that that's not doing a whole lot for them in a playoff push um so another it seems like they've started the year off hot and now they're going to end the year you know playing some of their best ball which is great but now they just going into next year, we'll probably have to figure out that middle part of the season. How to I not mean, fall off. 
I don't know. I mean, I've never really thought this year of the Pittsburgh Pirates being a playoff contender. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, I mean, they led I, the division for like a month and a half. Yeah, I mean, I guess, but month and a half back, I think in June or something like that, like end of June into the July or something like that. Like, I don't know. Like, it, it just never sat right with me that they were going to end the season at the top of the Central. To be honest with you, I either thought the Cubs were going to make a streak, the Reds. Or the uh, who's leading the division right now? The Brewers, I think. Brewers. Brewers. Yeah. I mean, the Brewers are playing top baseball, and they're not even mm-hmm. talked about right now. So um, I never even thought. I mean, they're missing O'Neill Cruz too. So I mean, um, that's that's. I think it's his name, O'Neill Cruz, right? Yeah, yeah, it's no, yeah, it's O'Neill Cruz. Yeah, like they're missing their yeah. best guy. You know, I mean, the Pirates are in a similar situation as the Marlins. If they held on to the guys, they they. They would have a dominant rotation, oh, yeah, great. and they would have an amazing field, uh, uh, field uh, guys out in the field. So, yeah, um, I don't know. I never really thought of them being, even though our that's a Pittsburgh Pirates single squad jersey back there from fans' idea. <laughs> um, it's it's not. Uh, I never really thought there were contenders, but I guess you know. I mean, if they were leading the division for that long, I guess you can see it like that. Well, yeah, it's just, they started off the year really well. Yeah, in the division, well above 500, all that. Then they hit a wall for pretty much the whole middle part of the year, yeah. and they really fell off. And now they're back to playing that kind of baseball again, but it's it's too late yeah. to really contend even with playing that well. They don't have enough time. Yeah. But I think it shows promise for the organization, an organization that's been at the bottom of the barrel for a long time, yeah. that, okay, we know we can play up to the standard because we did it, you know, for – good stretches of time twice this year. We did it at the beginning and we did it at the end. Now we just have to, you know, find those guys that are going to keep us playing at that level consistently and find that kind of middle part of the year. So what's your fourth take? How to write the ship in Chicago, in a, not with the Cubbies, with the White Sox. That organization in, is in a downward spiral right now. And I don't know where the hell they're going. I don't see the I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel for a while. A lot of the organization, former players, have come out this week saying that, or the past few weeks, saying how terrible of an organization it is. How it's just not a very good environment. Um, you had a really good uh, feel good story this year. You had like the two far opposites of stories this year. You had the mm-hmm. feel-good story for Liam Hedricks coming back from non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and then you had uh, Tim Anderson getting knocked out by uh, not Jose Abreu, um, Jose Ramirez, Jose Ramirez, <laughs> and you know it's just a downward spiral. We don't, you, you know, they lost Jose Abreu, one of their best players, one MVP there. Seemed to be getting rid of starting key players and it just doesn't make any sense it doesn't seem like the code the manager has anything i thought the Yankees were bad until i looked at the white Sox, and they're just kind of in no direction like the trade deadline they made some moves but it was like no direction moves they were just like kind of like what are you doing right here so i don't know i know i i think what's next for the white Sox at this point yeah no i mean and i think that's a good question and that's a question they need to ask themselves like what? Like you said, no direction. So find a direction. Pick one. You're either yeah. gonna try to build a contender now, which I don't think they're in position to do anymore after the whole 
the, the big trade with the Angels, trading Giolito and Lopez and getting rid of some of their guys. Um, or rebuild. Like you, but you have to commit to one direction or the other. You can't stay. And, and clearly, there's a culture issue. You know, if one person, one or two people say it, you know, they might just not have gelled well. Like you said, it all depends on who gels with the team. If one or two guys or a handful of guys say it, they just didn't gel with the team. This is like almost sounds like the entire organization feels this way or former members of this organization feel this way when it's consistently when guys are leaving the team and consistently saying this, they're saying it really, I think, seems to be a problem. And so you really need to not only pick a direction of what you want to do roster wise and all that with the team and the organization, but apparently you need to change culture. You need to, you need a culture shock. You need something, something's got to give right. Right. So like, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen to them because Tim Anderson's most likely leaving in free agency. And most likely, I mean, after that, a, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either. You know, like it's, it's kind of, I don't know. I don't, I don't know the answer. I mean, realistically they've had good players. It's not like they're a struggling organization when it comes down to it. You know, it's just, I don't know. It's it's. I could I couldn't tell you. There are no point. answers, right? There are no answers at this point. You're going to lose a bunch of your best players, and you got to kind of start new. You got to get a manager in there that's going to you know revive it and you know kind of be there a GM that's going to be uh, wanting to put Chicago because now this week I heard that they're probably looking to move the White Sox to mm-hmm. either Nashville or some one of those cities, and I'm like, oh, yep. that's that's crazy right now. So, so what is your fourth take of the week? Um. Uh, so my fourth take of the week is that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is quietly having the worst season of his career since his rookie year. Worst full season of his career. It's rookie year. We don't count the COVID year. And it's actually, I was looking at some of his numbers over the last few years, including this year. He's actually progressively putting up worse numbers. So yeah. in 2021, he had the, you know, 161 games. 188 hits, 48 homer, like the big, like he should probably be MVP season, right? Hit 311, like as a first baseman. Last year, it's a great year. Once 175 hits, 32 homers, 97 RBI, hit 274, down from 311, right? Still a fantastic year. This year, so far, he's hitting 264 with 20 homers and 80 RBI. Yeah, he's struggling. But the team's struggling as a whole, in my opinion. When the team struggles, most of the time your big players are going to struggle too. So it's it's a it's a chemistry thing, right? So, like, that's what I keep saying. Like, even though one guy's hitting well, it's got to be a team thing, right? Right. The guy's got to be playing well, yes. Aaron Judge has been playing phenomenal since he came back. He's hit the shit out of the ball, mm-hmm. striking out like his normal, normal self. But it's just about – the team has, has been hindered by injuries all year. Uh, right. Their best player, who is an all-star, looks like he can't even pitch in single-A ball in Alex Manoa this year, mm-hmm. which is, like, totally mind-blowing. My yeah, I, that's crazy. They they just can't seem to get anything going. And it's have the same – I feel like the Blue Jays and the Yankees are in the same sort of kind of – not downward spiral, but kind of just stagnant spiral that they have some good games and then they just come back down. Right. They have good games and then come back down. And it's just like, okay, can we get into our like uh, our routine here? And I yeah. feel like that's what the Yankees are having right now, where the Blue Jays, I think, need to start feeling that type of – because they're a playoff team right now. 
right? They're in, right. The, they're in the wild card. They need to start doing that. So I think it's a chemistry thing, right? So when the team is playing well, you know, obviously Vlad Guerrero is the leader on that, right? But if he's the only one if, – if everyone in the lineup is striking out and he's the only one hitting, it's kind of hard for him to kind of be like, damn, man, I'm carrying the fucking team. Right. Where when you have Bo Bichette in there, when you have George Springer in there, when you have all these guys in there to back you up kind of with the good hits and stuff like yeah. that, your energy is loose. You're playing loose. You're playing – instead of playing like, damn, I got to get on base. I got to get on base. It's like, all right, cool. I can just go up there and just free swing. So I think that yeah. plays a big factor in a lot of these guys' numbers. Obviously, Otani's different. Judge is different because they're just natural, you know, gifted players. Uh, but you got to also remember, Black Girl is only like, like what, 22, 23 years old, too. So he's still a lot younger than Otani and Judge and still got a lot of his ceiling is still keep growing. So, yeah, 100%. I don't think this is this year and any struggles he's had is a reflection of who he's going is and is going to be as a player. It just, I read, it was like, oh, by the way, it was an article um, I read that was like, Oh, by the way, you guys haven't noticed, but Vlad Guerrero's not having a good year by his standards. So I went and looked, and I'm like, "Oh man, he really like he's not," yeah. which is surprising. Which is surprising given, like I said, what his standards are. That yeah. you expect that 2021 season out of him, and I, I think he'll. Don't get me wrong, I think he'll get back to that. It's just like you said, he seems to be a very confidence-driven player, and so when the team's not confident in their play or is up and down, like you said, he's up and down. So. You know, I think he'll be able to right the ship. And I think getting if they stay in the playoffs, right? If they stay in the wild card, make it to the playoffs, I think you'll see a different flag Guerrero in the playoffs. Because then it's like, okay, cool, clean slate. We're in the playoffs. Let's do this. Yes. So I think if the Blue Jays are able to, you know, hold on to this playoff spot and make it in the playoffs, then I think it'll be kind of a weight off of him from the rest of the season. Like, okay, cool. We're in the playoffs, clean slate. You know, none of the regular season stuff matters. None of my struggles matter. None of yeah. our struggles as a team matter. Let's let's do this. Doesn't matter how many games you won. Now it's just how many games you're going to win. So I think you'll see a different Vlad if they make if they hang on and stay in a playoff spot. But what is your fifth and final take of this week? Fifth final take is going to be Pete Alonso is in the news a lot lately for the Mets and not in a really good light. Uh, and not anything he's doing badly. You know, he had the incident in St. Louis where he threw the ball into the stands, and I think people were over dramatic with that. He didn't know. You know, obviously, maybe he, he's not paying attention to who's a rookie on the Cardinals. He's not paying attention, so people need to calm the fuck down with Pete Alonso <laughs> on that. He didn't know. He was frustrated because he couldn't make the play, and he just threw the ball away like he normally does. Give him some slack. He was apologetic. He went up to the guy and said, I'm sorry and everything. And people just kept beating on him about it. It's like, come on, relax. It's a baseball. And he got it. The girl got it, gave it back to him, which realistically, the girl was kind of like, a, we should be focusing our attention on her because apparently she didn't want to give it up. And I'm like, it's a baseball. Like, relax. I know it's hit by that person and stuff, but right. give it up. It's his first hit. Give him the ball. Like, They'll trade you a signed ball or jersey or some shit like that. Right. Um, but the other thing is that, is that he was in the news for being traded, uh, potentially in the offseason. And Steve Cohen has come out and said that, no, we're going to – this is the guy we want to revolve the lineup around is Pete Alonso and, and Francisco Lindor. So, 
they're really holding on to him. And I, I don't know why Pete Alonso would be someone you want to get rid of, to be honest with you. Um, it's He's been a consistent hitter on the team. He's been a very, very great addition and first baseman to the team. Been an all-star every time, every year he's healthy. So I don't understand why they would get rid of him. He hasn't, you know, he's been performing. So that's that's my fifth and final take. Yeah, there's that video going around about how he said, well, I'm not going to go after – supposedly – I didn't even know – I haven't seen any confirmation that he said this. Supposedly, he, someone said he said, well, I'm not going to go after fly balls anymore if – or pop flies if, if they're going to trade me. And then there was an incident when he covered first instead of getting going for a pop fly that was in his area. So Jeff McNeil had to come over from second – and catch it, and then there's another angle of a shot of McNeil looking shocked and saying, wow, and everybody's like, see, he's serious, Alonzo's serious, he's not going to go after fly balls, and McNeil didn't believe him, and like you said, people are blowing things out of proportion. I don't know why necessarily why they'd want to trade him either, because he can still be a franchise cornerstone. There's this, I think there's this thing about, like, with the Mets and their fans, like if you're going to blow it up, blow it up, get rid of everybody that has value, which obviously Pete Alonso has value. Right. But at some point you have to, even as we talk about earlier, the Yankees getting rid of, you know, wiping the slate clean with most guys, there's still some guys like a judge, like a Cole, what have you, that you still hang on to and you build that team around them. Yeah. Unless you don't have that, which, you know, you've seen like guys like, teams like the nationals or pirates or, or what have you, when they rebuild, if they don't have that star or don't, or only have one of them, they just trade them. People have to realize the fact that these, this isn't, this isn't working at, you know, your nine to five. This isn't right. working. Let's take it back to when you guys played anybody that's a critic out there. When you played sports, when you did that, those type of things, you know, like, <laughs> We were competitive. We said some shit that probably I didn't really mean. Or you said some shit that you really didn't mean. Well, I don't know right. about you because you're very, like, calm and even. even <laughs> no, calm. trust me. I, I, me did. I know I've said shit to myself. I've said shit to people, you know, uh, yeah. to other players, you know, when I was talking trash and stuff. Like, that I didn't mean, obviously. But if you have to understand, when you're in the heat of the moment and you're expected, you're a $335 million payroll and you're expected to go freaking win a world title that year. And you're you fall drastically short of that. Not even sure. drastically. You're not even in the same state as that. Right. It's frustrating, especially as an all-star, and you're putting your ass on the line, you're doing everything you right, you're hitting the ball right, you make a few mistakes, make a few carry, and you and you you jump on me about that. It's like, come on, okay, then trade me. At this right. point, like I don't blame him because anything he does right now, it's it's looked like. And I know New York is the biggest media market in the country. I get it. But like give him a break, man. Like he just he's just frustrated with the season. He doesn't want to be in the last place. He doesn't want to be, you know, at the bottom of the NL East when he was supposed to win the NL East. I mean, realistically, there's 28 freaking games out of the first place. I mean, that's not where anybody saw anybody this year in the Mets organization. So calm down a little bit. And Mike, calm me down a little bit and give me your final take of the week. Well, I don't know if this is going to calm you down. It all depends on kind of how you feel about this. Um, but I'll give you my take on it. The MLB, for my final take of the week, the MLB uh, officially announced 
recently that they are going to continue the current pitch clock rules going into the playoffs. They're not going to change anything. They're not going to try to make any adjustments. Now, my question is not, is this a good or bad thing? Because we've discussed that at length throughout the season, whether right. we liked it, when they announced the, the new rules and all that. My thing is this. Did anyone really expect them to not continue these rules into the playoffs? I mean, what's the point of doing it throughout the entire season and getting pitchers used to this if you're not going to do it in the most important times? Well, that's the so, thing I don't understand. I don't understand this, like, uh, persona with the MLB. They do the thing in the uh, extra innings uh, where they put the guy in second, but they don't right. do it in the playoffs. Right. So just – and you have a pitch clock now, so take that away. I hate that. I hate that rule more than anything. And when they put guys on se- on uh, second base in the yeah. extra innings, it's yeah. so easy to get in the game. And I get they're trying to hurry it up. But, like, in a close game like that, you want to you wanna have, like, it be fair. And that's not fair to right. me. I don't understand why people are surprised by that because they shouldn't be. It's it's a uh, it should be in the playoffs. It should be. Right. I mean, playoffs is where it slows down the most. And right. yeah, like you said, they're so used to it that I don't think they they can, they're going to just automatically hop out of it, right? So I don't see yeah. that being a problem, like of being having the pitch clock in the playoffs. Yeah, it it, it doesn't make sense. I don't uh, like. I haven't heard a lot of people be surprised by it, but if anybody was surprised by it, why? Like, it doesn't make, right, I agree with you. It doesn't make sense to have them try to hop out of those, the timing they have now and stuff. In the most important games, they are going to pitch all year. Yeah, so. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's that's just it. I mean, they're going to, um, those are the most important games, so they're at this point used to it. I haven't really heard any violations or anything. Not, not as much as we no. did, not as much as we did in April and May, right. but now right. it's kind of, everyone's used to it. They're pitching, they're, you know, doing what they got to do. So I can see it becoming a problem in the playoffs. Here's the situation, right? Running around first, second and third, bottom mm-hmm. of the ninth and the pitch clock violation happens and the game, went, the game ends and not only the game ends, but the series ends. I don't know which series, but I see it happening this year where there's going to be a runner on second and third. The team's going to be tied. It's going to be game seven or game five right. and, or whatever, the clinching game. Mm-hmm. And boom, pitch clock violation, game over, series over. Yeah. That's where I'm going to see the problem with it in that aspect. So, all right, Mike. Well, that's uh, week 12 or for us week 12. You know, yeah. I know it's not week 12 for MLB season. But of the rotation, thanks for tuning in. I know it's a little longer episode than normal, but we had a lot to talk about. We're getting into the playoffs here in the next few weeks. Uh, October 3rd is the first wild card game. Um, so make sure, you know, we're almost a month away from that. So it's exactly a month away. Um, make sure you tune in to socials. We're going to continue to bring you uh, coverage and everything like that of our show. Um, and also make sure you turn in single squad on Thursdays at 12 p.m. Eastern. We will have a new episode this week going into the NFL season. Mike, any final thoughts? Yeah, uh, we'll see what happens with our Yankees and this new young core that's come up for at least the month. Uh, we'll see what happens with some of these different divisional and wild card races. I'm interested to see who ends up with these wild card spots uh, and how much they're going to change in the next week. And If they change a lot in the next week, uh, we'll definitely be talking about it next week on the rotation for episode 13. So I'm already excited for it. 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Make sure you go get your jersey, hat, apparel, anything, a fan's idea. We're going to put it again right down here. Uh, fansidea.com, single squad 10. Get yourself 10% off. Thanks for tuning in this week. We appreciate it. We'll see you here next week for episode 13. Have a great week, everyone, and go baseball.